Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Monday July the 1st, I'm your host, D.A. Wow. Is your head spinning? I think everybody's is after a crazy first night of NBA free agency. On Sunday evening, the entire league was in upheaval. And as the dust settled, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are headed to Brooklyn to be part of the Nets. The Knicks struck out. Jimmy Butler headed to Miami. Tobias Harris and Al Horford in Philadelphia, Kemba Walker to the Boston Celtics, and we're waiting to see what happens to Kawhi Leonard. It was a bonanza of signings and sign and trades. D'Angelo Russell, part of that, headed to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for Andre Iguodala. So to break down just how crazy that night was, here's senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck, who joined Carmen and Lima on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Was this a good weekend or a bad weekend for basketball in general with all these moves? I mean, it's the fireworks last night. Um, I don't know if July 4th is going to be able to keep up with June 30th. Um, the NBA had a really good night. You know, Now listen, that's always a market-by-market market thing and depends on who you're a fan of, but... Holy moly, last night, I've never seen it before. I don't think there's ever been anything like this. Um, not on the first night of free agency, whether it was July 1st in the past or, or June 30th now. And anything that has got people, you know, talking about the NBA and allowing the NBA to completely, you know, dominate the airwaves, dominate Twitter, is usually a good thing. Um, I don't think it was a great night for Knicks fans, but it was, it was a fun night for NBA fans in general. Where do you think Kawhi should go? Where would you send him? <clears throat> I don't think he should leave. I mean, if he does leave, the Clippers, to me, always made the most sense, and I think that's still the case. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 it, it's, it's not for me to, to say what, you know, will bring Kawhi Leonard the most happiness, but he did just win a championship with the Toronto Raptors. They, you know, while they do have some aging players uh, in, in Marcus Gasol, Kyle Lowry, Virgie Baca, you know, there's still another run potentially there to be had and a really smart organization and a phenomenal fan base. Uh, I, I would think you'd want to defend your championship and stick with a franchise that's, you know, supported you really well. I don't think it's wrong for him to go if he decides to go, but it does seem like that's still the best place for him. Would you be disappointed if he ended up with the Lakers? I'd be puzzled if he ended up with the Lakers. Um, you know, listen, we've seen stars join up you know, several times over in the last 10 years that that is the era we're in. But Kawhi Leonard has not struck me as the kind of guy who wants to go play second fiddle to anybody. And, you know, 
it, it, LeBron and AD, in part because we link them through their agent, um, it just feels like that's their team now, and Kawhi Leonard would be the third wheel. It's one thing to say, well, you need another star to win. I, I've said this all along. It's why I justified LeBron leaving Cleveland the first time. You need other all-stars to win, contend for titles. And if you can't get them to where you are, you go find them somewhere else. One, Kawhi Leonard already has a supporting cast that has put him in title contention and helped win him a title. And two, he would be joining, you know, it would be three of the top whatever, top five, top six players on one team. That's a whole new level. And it also requires that much more, you know, awkwardness potentially and sacrifice because, you know, everybody's used to having the ball in their hands uh, a ton. So that one just it just doesn't seem to make that much sense to me unless LeBron is sending the message, hey, look, I'm turning 35 in December and I'm ready to, to cede a lot of control. But I, I don't think LeBron is ready to say that. The NBA is in a special spot right now because the news cycle is 365 days a year. You have short free agent contracts, none of this 10- or 12-year deals that we see in other sports. You also have one guy that can change your entire trajectory as a franchise. Players teaming up with other players. They want to play with one another. And franchises, organizations going from nothing to everything almost overnight. One of those teams that were hoping to nab a couple of big-time free agents that were potentially the number one destination was the New York Knicks. But they end up empty-handed outside of Julius Randle, but... I don't think that's what the Knicks were assuming. It's a brutal day for a Knicks organization that's taken a lot of lumps. Here's Boomer and Geo on WFAN in New York. Just crazy stuff going on all over the NBA. And I'm and, and, and you know, as a Knicks fan, we went from Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Zion Williamson. Yeah. To now Taj Gibson, right? Yeah, Julius Randle, Randall, Bobby Portis, and, Bobby and Portis, Reggie Bullock. Who are all solid players. I yeah. mean, they're, but they're not they're not the premier free agents. So Right, and, and people need to understand that they have to hit the salary floor. So they, it's not like they can go into the season without paying guys, without signing guys. They have to hit the salary floor. And so I think that's these why salaries they signed, are all modest too, right, by the way. And two and, and two year deals for the moment. Julius Randle's a three year deal, but it's a team option for the third year, so it allows them more flexibility. So that was the only way. Once that they knew that Kyrie Irving wasn't coming and that Kevin Durant wasn't coming, then this was the only way that they could go. And this is what we said is sec- the second that Kevin Durant went down with the injury. And by the way, you know, I'm not saying because I didn't want the Knicks to sign him that the Nets did a dumb thing because they're not on the same track, the Knicks and Nets. The Nets are in a place where they can afford to take that risk. They're going to be good next and they, year. And they should take the risk. And they, they absolutely should when they're trying to get more attention in this city, which they've absolutely done. They needed to do this for the Knicks and where they are in their organization, pinning everything on Kevin Durant coming back from an injury when there's nothing else on the roster, didn't make as much sense. Golden State offering the super max to Kevin Durant is something that I thought was smart for them. The Nets offering him a max was smart for them. But for the Knicks, because they're so bare bones, it wasn't smart. And by the way, I don't believe, as a report comes out after Kevin Durant uh, announces that he's signing with the Nets and all the reports were out there beforehand, that the Knicks were not going to offer a max contract to Kevin Durant because they weren't comfortable giving him that money after the Achilles injury. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think that's a PR spin. 
I think it's a PR spin to, to make it yeah. seem like they made the decision as opposed to being rejected by Kevin Durant because that's embarrassing. Well, how about the fact that they really didn't even get a chance to talk to Kevin Durant? Well, right. I mean, that's all, that's, all you need to, that's all you need to know. And again, it, it goes to tell you about the dysfunction, at least the perceived dysfunction of the Knicks uh, from, I believe, from the players out there in the NBA. And uh, it's not going to change until they start winning. Now, uh, you know, Mills and Perry and Fisdale have only been on the job for a year. Mm-hmm. So uh, it takes a while. Just like Sean Marks had the job for three and a half years, now all of a sudden he's starting to make the last two years he has really made some profound moves and done some great, uh, did, you know, great acquisitions for a team that has a very small fan base, a very small interest, now all of a sudden becomes the team when it comes to basketball uh, You know, here in New York. I, the other thing, too, is that the balance of power feels like it's kind of shifting to the Eastern Conference again. Jimmy Butler goes to Miami. Look at what uh, the, the 76ers are doing. Yeah. Look at Kemba Walker going to Boston. I mean, all this stuff that's happening, it's just it's crazy. It's, 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 it's almost like a blitz. You know, of all the different movement from from the players, the other interesting thing I thought was D'Angelo Russell getting a sign and trade with the Golden War- State. Yeah, right, that's what a great landing spot so, for him. So Kevin Durant is not coming back. We're going to give the money to D'Angelo Russell. How about that? Yeah, and so is Iguodala out, Durant out, D'Angelo Russell in. We'll see what else they do. I think that next year is going to be a very odd year for the Golden State Warriors, moving into a new building, not having Klay Thompson there for a while and seeing what they end up being. But, yeah, it was interesting. They wanted, another, they wanted another ball handler and shooter yeah. is what they wanted. Right, I mean, and D'Angelo Russell now in, in that atmosphere, you know, watching him and seeing if he thrives or not is going to be very, very interesting. I don't think Nets fans right now are all that concerned about that because uh, they've got Kyrie Irving for a year added to a playoff team, and then they have Kevin Durant on the horizon. And I guess he's going to miss the entire year. I mean, that seems to be the consensus, but you know, maybe his rehab goes so well that he can come back for the postseason next year because you expect the Nets to be uh, right there in the thick of things uh, in the playoffs. But you know, it really just shows you that you know there, there's a lot of factors that that go into guys making these decisions. A lot of them. At the end of the day, everybody in the NBA knows everybody else, and everybody knows that James Dolan is toxic and dysfunctional, and that organization is under pressure all the time to win and can't figure it out. And because of it, the Knicks are not a desirable location. And people always want to talk about the Mecca, MSG, the Knicks brand, Gotham, New York City. But it is not enough to overcome the dysfunction inside that franchise. They have won one playoff series in nearly 20 years. That's enough to scare anybody away when you know the owner is a complete joke. The Dallas Mavericks have two very good young pieces. They give Kristaps Porzingis a max extension deal after trading for him from the Knicks and Luka Doncic, the rookie of the year. But that's not enough for some in Dallas. Here's Mark Cuban getting absolutely flamed by a Mavs fan with Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan in the DFW. Logan, you're live with Sean and RJ on The Fan. I got this phone call for Mark Cuban, for Donnie Nelson, and for Rick Carlisle. What are we doing? You're wasting our time. You let free agent after free agent get signed. You want Pat Beverly, but you let him sign back with God knows whoever. (laughs) You're going after nobody except for the white guys in Europe because that's what fits your system. The 
D'Angelo Russell's sitting there, Julius Randle's sitting there, and you say, don't fit your culture. Who cares about culture? Chris Paul and James Harden are fighting each other, and they make it to the Western Conference Finals almost every year. Who cares? Go get players that can play, and we can maybe win some games. Instead, we're trying to tank every year to maybe give up all our draft picks to get one guy. You have to surround yourselves with players. Right now, we have a bunch of crap in two people. Kristaps, <laughs> who hasn't played in two years, and Luca. Oh, we got Dwight Powell. Great job. Dwight Powell's a great role player. We want Kimba. He's 6-1. He's basically J.J. Barea, but a darker version. <laughs> what are we doing? Mark, get off a shark tank. Come run a basketball team like you're supposed to. No one wants to come here because you're too busy filming Shark Tank. That's why we can't sign people. <laughs> so awesome. That might be our best call of all time. Would you have thought you'd seen the day when Mark Cuban first took over? Revolutionary. Oh, yeah. I mean, those PlayStation 2s, he had the locker. Everybody was going to just line up to sign and play with those would things. Would you have thought you'd seen <laughs> Well, they're the... a little like, outdated now. Would you have thought you'd seen the day that Mark Cuban was more disliked than Jerry? No, no. God, no. What? When Mark came in here, it was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And Jerry was, this was like, you know, early 2000s. It was a disaster with Jerry. I mean, he had just traded two first-round picks for Joey Galloway. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a nightmare. And then Mark comes in here, and he came into a perfect situation. Uh, they had a good young, te- uh, good young team, and it just didn't. It, you know, it worked. If we it put worked up, out well, if we put a up a poll question right now, who would get more dislike? Oh, um, Cuban. Yeah, the Cuban. Think about that, Jerry Jones, the stubborn dictator who has to be the general manager, would get more likability than Mark Cuban, the young, hip, cool guy. Think about that. Here are the other deals. Of course, the Goran Dragic part. I'm not mad about Goran Dragic not coming here. I'm mad because we are like the side piece. Like we're, we're, we're just here to take the leftovers. We're the facilitators in a three-way. The Washington Wizards. We're the trampoline underneath the, the high wire. Like if you fall and everything else goes terribly for you, there will always be Dallas. We'll pay you a we'll pay you a horrible contract, Chandler Parsons. We'll do that. But what was their approach after Kemba? Who did they want? That's what I'm dying to know. They didn't want Horford. And and again, I I can poke holes in all these different guys as well, okay? They didn't want Horford. They didn't want Julius Randle. They didn't want D'Angelo Russell. I'm being told through some text messages that they didn't want Pat Beverly as much as everyone says. Like, who did they want after Kemba Walker? That's that's what I want to know. Because this is the time where you add another piece. You know how excited I would have been today if you have D'Angelo Russell, Luka Doncic, and Kristaps Porzingis together for the next five years? You talk about three guys, no one over the age of 23, stuck together for three mm-hmm. years, and they didn't want to do it. They wanted Kemba. Okay, well, Kemba went somewhere else. What was the what was the next plan? So it's not losing Dragic. It's like being the side piece that's waiting for the doggy bag outside. Uh, the Wizards are that team. The Wizards take on two bums. The Wizards take on extra money. The Wizards try to you know facilitate other teams' deals. We're supposed to be like in the in the spotlight of it, not the Miami Heat.
And that's what that's what has happened. Maybe win some games. What are we doing? It's so weird that the Mavericks are never a premier destination in the NBA circles and free agency game. Because you'd think Mark Cuban willing to spend money on players and willing to do what it takes to build a winner. They've won a championship before. He's had lavish accoutrements for all of his players. He spends lavishly on the facilities, etc. There's no state income tax in Dallas. You would think, but for some reason, the Mavericks always seem to strike out on the big name free agents. <laughs> now, if you listen really carefully, put your ear down to the ground. Hear that? Shh. That's the sound of happy Sixers fans. Is it possible in Philadelphia they're actually celebrating what the Sixers front office did by signing Tobias Harris, retaining him, and then bringing in Al Horford? Man, people are fired up. In fact, here's Joe DeCamera on with John Ritchie on Philly's WIP. And Joe is calling the Sixers maybe the best team in the league. Absolutely, positively love the moves. I wanted Jimmy here. All right, but Al Horford and Josh Richardson's a better option than Jimmy Butler. I like J.J. I'll always appreciate what J.J. brought here. He was the first adult to sign with the Sixers, if you will. Because he's remember, when he signed with the Sixers, you no one love signed with J.J. I like Are you J- serious? I like J.J., but he had massive defensive limitations. I'm all good with moving on from him. I sure T- am, too. Tobias, and I don't love J.J. Yeah, Tobias overpaid, but locked up a really good fourth best player. Who will hopefully... Improve. Hopefully, will improve consistently. Shows Josh Harris is willing to spend money. That's important. The Mike Scott deal is fantastic. Man, I mean, Mike Scott for two years and nine million. That's a steal. I'll say this to me, and this to me is like the the headline as I walk away from everything yesterday. Regard. This is just my opinion. Regardless of where Kawhi Leonard signs, meaning he can sign with Toronto or anyone else in the East, regardless of where Kawhi signs. The 76ers, best team in the East, should be the favorites for the finals. And unless Kawhi Leonard John signs with the Los Angeles Lakers, which he still may, but if he doesn't, Kawhi can go to any other team in basketball, any team in hoops, other than the Lakers. And I tell you, I think the Sixers stack up entering the season with the best team in the NBA that should be the favorite to win the NBA finals. John, the Sixers are loaded, man. They got now. I want to wow, see. Joe. I want to see Ennis. Wow. I want to see Ennis be brought back. I'd like uh, a little more bench. I love it. But the it. Sixers have a squad, guys. Yeah, Joe. Don't you think you're you're going overboard? No. A touch here. No, I really don't. They're the best team in the NBA. If Kawhi doesn't yeah. go to the Lakers, yeah. You don't think you're overreacting? Just a skosh. No, I really don't. Come on, man. I really don't. You you sound like the, such a fanboy, like. Excited Christmas morning opening the, the packages that, yeah. that are our new players. <laughs> uh, this is ridiculous. What you're saying is ridiculous. If you would take a step back and evaluate and just calm down, man. John, they're really good, uh, man. I know. They're really good. But they're good. really unknown. They're, they're, they're tall. They're really Really, brand spanking yeah. new uh, group together. You, you, we are about to be like the tallest uh, team in the history of the NBA. Might be, yeah, might be the tallest. Like going down th- yeah. uh, through, you know, position to position. Yep. But we don't have 
any idea what our bench looks like. We don't have any idea who's going to shoot. Like, you can't be the best team in the NBA the day after you create uh, the, the deals that put together a really solid group. Uh, you need to pull back on the reins a bit, Joe. <laughs> so I feel. Hold and by, your and horses. By, and by the way, I was borderline despondent for about an hour yesterday. I mean, I put up oh, there. Everyone. Yeah, dude, I put I up there right before sex. Getting like something. I, I forget what it was on Twitter. Like I'm getting really nervous. Whatever it was, getting really nervous or something. And then like at like seven yeah. or seven thirty, when nothing had happened other than JJ had left, I thought, oh my god, what is going on here? Is the six are the Sixers going to literally be Joel and beat Ben Simmons and and nobody else? I mean, it looked like for a little bit of time that was possible. It felt like and it then was bang, too big bang, for Elton. Bang, bang, bang. I had a complete turnaround. I was I felt the same way. I felt like it was too big for Elton. I was uh, driving with my kids, listening, switching station to station on the radio, just trying to get tidbits of information, yep. and uh, if. It felt like I had this sinking feeling, oh, man, Elton got taken. You know, like Elton had, he told us he had a a plan, and, you know, like have faith that he's going to carry it out. He knows what he's doing. He got abused by the system because he's new. And then with a whirlwind of, of moves, you know, instantly regained all of our faith after a very uncomfortable hour of wait. Oh, very rough. So that's a bridge too far for me, calling the Sixers the best team of the NBA. Tell you, I think the Sixers stack up entering the season with the best team in the NBA that should be the favorite to win the NBA Finals. I mean, right now, even in the Eastern Conference, before Toronto loses Kawhi Leonard, it's obviously Toronto, and I would put the Milwaukee Bucks in there as well right now. Now, J.J. Redick was a defensive liability, but hit some big shots, and Jimmy Butler was very volatile, putting... A guy like Horford in there who's much more steady and level-headed and has leadership. I like that, but let's face it, you know, Jimmy Butler is a more productive player more times than not than a guy like Horford. But I really do like the addition of a guy like Horford. The one thing, though, that you always worry about when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers is how does it all fit? It is always a question of how it ultimately fits it's not something you can ever feel too comfortable about knowing that Philly has always been this kind of science project in real time. The Golden State Warriors are trading away one of the heart and soul pieces of the championship teams, Andre Iguodala, to bring back D'Angelo Russell in a sign-and-trade with the Brooklyn Nets. So, what does this mean for the dynasty as we know it in Golden State? Here's NBA insider Matt Steinmetz, who joined Jeff Calkins on 92.9 in Memphis. Not a bad move at all for Memphis. I, I don't know if, if the Grizzlies are going to buy him out or, or, or keep him around because he is a good, uh, good, solid veteran. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. This thing's – nobody thought it was going to end like this uh, for, the, for the Warriors and kind of their, their dynasty. And while you don't want to say the dynasty's over um, – Certainly, it's 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 got to hit reset. I think a little bit. Um, I, I don't. I think the thing that that's shocking is I think people people were ready for Kevin Durant to leave uh, or or embrace themselves. Andre Iguodala may have been a different story, believe it or not. Um, he he really has turned into a guy out here that's a fan favorite and obviously uh, proved he's proven his worth over the years to this team. So. 
Yeah, it's definitely changing the guard time out here. It's funny. The Iguodala thing, it feels like it. it's more a psychological blow. Like he, he has come to represent something, yeah. something with that. How much does he have left in the tank, by the way? Well, that's a, that's a great question. The thing about Iguodala is he's one of these guys that's very high maintenance with his body. He, everything's got to be perfect. But if it is perfect, um, he's a pretty darn good player. The thing that he's become great at, and here's why I don't know if it's a fit with the Grizzlies, is he's kind, he kind of builds up over the course of the season, and he's usually at his healthiest and at his best You know, come playoff time. I mean, I, I would. I joked the last two years that the the Warriors really they don't need him. They didn't need him to show up till the All Star break, really, um, and get ready from there. So uh, that that's the one that that would be the one issue I would say with Iguodala. You know, he's he's really become good at pacing himself and getting him ready for certain points of the season. Uh, I don't know if Memphis is going to want that kind of player, but uh, I think I think if there's a team going. You know, if that thinks they're a title contender uh, in six months, then he may be a good fit for somebody. Yeah, that's the only question. Whether you end up buying him out or whether you can either hold on him to the trade deadline, in which case he's an asset and, and, or, or whatnot. But I, I suspect he will never play a minute here. But, but, uh, but we shall see. There are rumors already that he could be bought out and go to the Lakers, where Rob Palinka, obviously his former agent, uh, is now right. running the show which would make some sense, clearly, if he gets bought out. In terms of the Warriors, do you think, by the way, that Kevin Durant, how long do you think he's known he was leaving? Boy, that's a great question. I think all year. Um, I really do. You know, if you, if you talk to people around the NBA at the start of the season, nobody, nobody said it definitively, but everybody, everybody seemed to think uh, Durant's, Durant's out of Golden State. Sounds like Durant's gone, and and everybody had that had that sense. And then there was a, then of course over the, the course of a season, it comes and goes a little bit. But I think that he had made his mind up before the season that pretty much this was going to be it here at Golden State, and you know, barring something crazy happening, um, that he was going to leave and and. Nothing crazy happened. I mean, I know he suffered a, a serious injury, but that in and of itself wasn't going to be enough to, to keep him here. It certainly signals the end of a run for Golden State. Doesn't mean that they can't be a championship team again. Doesn't mean that they won't be a contender when Clay eventually comes back healthy. Anytime you have the Splash Brothers and a smart front office, you are going to be able to win a lot of basketball games and be a contender. But let's be perfectly honest. The days of inevitability that, oh, of course the Warriors are going to the NBA Finals. Oh, of course they're going to be a championship team. That is long gone. And part of that was simple timing that they were able to nail Durant when all of their players were in their prime and when the moment in time happened for the NBA where the salary cap spiked because of a brand new television deal. That's not going to happen again. So that really was a moment in time for the Golden State Warriors, and they capitalized on it. Finally, in Houston, the Rockets were in on Jimmy Butler, but ultimately lose out on Butler as he heads the Miami Heat. So what happened with the Rockets? And is part of it because Butler stared at the craziness of the Rockets and said, I don't want to be in the middle of that? Here's Mad Radio on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. 
whether you wanted Jimmy Butler or not, because a lot of smart people made the argument that, look, even if, if Jimmy Butler comes here, but you're losing out on Capella and Eric Gordon, that that's, that is that is that it's actually making trade. you better? You, right. You're going to lose glue guys. You lose glue guys, but you got a max player, yeah. which is like usually you'd say, all right, max players are overpaid or underpaid in the yeah. NBA like because that, that max salary keeps them from getting their true worth. It, it would have been a very Daryl Morey type move, and a lot of people were not out on it. I was on it. I'm I'm fine with the whole star mentality of get as many stars on your team as possible. If if Jimmy Butler's a top twenty guy, it's it's hard to get guys like that on your basketball team. I guess for him to choose South Beach and the Miami Heat over the Houston Rockets, it's you have to ask that question. All right, is it simply location? I don't. I don't think it's location. I think it's also the pressure. It's, I think it's, it's well, well. It's like what you said though too. It's yeah. all right. We've been shooting down a lot of reports about just how toxic the situation is yeah. in Houston. How much smoke is there to the fire? That all right. Maybe that's not. Maybe it's not toxic. But there's something about the fact that D'Antoni is on a lame duck contract. Is there something about the fact that? Harden and, and and Paul just don't see quite eye to eye. Eye to eye, they're not seeing it at all. Like you think? Oh, so you buy more into the spectrum of that? Those two are are really they're far apart. It, it's it's gone. I think when you look at when you look at relationships, I think you look at CP3 and find out his and and know how his his documented relationship with LeBron is and how and how he is with the, how those two guys are, and then you look at a guy CP3 is getting a little older. I mean. Which happens anywhere, but you know he's not he's he's not an ISO on ball guy anymore. He's more of a he's he's a guy who wants to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And I think even though he hasn't won one, he knows what it's going to take. Going to take playing defense. Going to take sharing the ball inside outside game. We have to we don't have to take fifty shots a night to win games. And I think at this age, you remember how it was when you were in, in, towards the end of your career. It wasn't about Seth doesn't need to play forty plays a game. Seth needs to get 20 to 25 snaps. I want to make sure the young guys get in. So when it comes time, if we do make it to the playoffs, mm-hmm. then I'm that I'm fresh. If we do make it to the playoffs, I can do. And if we learn and we everybody learns all the right things, we can be better later on. But right now, it's nothing is nothing is good in that building. Man, I don't want to I don't want to acknowledge that. I don't want to believe that. I don't want to I don't want to think that that's true. But I have to because I've been I've been on the side of look. James Harden and Chris Paul are not seeing eye to eye in very specific instances, but they'll work it out. But the fact that James Harden is so close to Jimmy Butler and that James Harden wasn't able to pull Jimmy Butler here. The Rockets are in a tough spot. Butler would have made them better, but it would have been absolutely diabolical. You never knew if emotionally they were going to be steady or not because Butler could be all over the place and already with Harden and Chris Paul at each other's throats. You just don't know. But to lose out on him and not have a fallback plan, look, the Rockets can be good, but the Rockets not adding another piece makes you wonder if people around the league looked inside that locker room and said, yeah, I don't feel like walking into a hornet's nest when the two best players on the team are at each other's throats already. Well, what happens next? We wait for Kawhi Leonard. Will we find that out tomorrow? We'll see you then. That'll do it for today, Monday, July the 1st. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.